It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 18th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll recap the Magic's big win over the Washington Wizards, a 125-121 victory. And we'll talk about the big star of the night. Not the leading score, not anything that, not anything like that. Just the feel-good story of the NBA this Sunday and someone who made his re-announcement to the NBA. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Washington Wizards side of things? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to look ahead to the Toronto Raptors? Check out Locked On Raptors, our good friends there. You can find all these great podcasts, plus the Dunk, the uh, Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and all the great podcasts in Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you download podcasts, whether it's NBA, MLB, College, NHL, or our NFL 2. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Washington Wizards are a team that continues to put pressure on you with their outside shooting. They have a lot of great shooters. They have a lot of guys willing to attack and play hard for a full 48 minutes. And Steve Clifford actually found himself in a little bit of a bind late in this game. He had to burn an extra timeout in the second corner to get DJ Augustine out of the game after he broke uh, after he dislocated his pinky finger on his left hand. And so he didn't have the timeout to spare late in the game as Washington had begun to erase a, an 18-point fourth quarter deficit. The Magic had to know entering this game that yes, the Wizards are going to keep coming at you. They've got the shooting, they've got the scoring to put a lot of pressure on teams. They'll give up just as many points as they score, but they'll be in the hunt. They'll be in the race, and they will not go down without a fight. And that was certainly the case as Bradley Beal began hitting three after three after three after three. All of a sudden, that 18-point lead got awfully tight. The Wizards scored 44 points in the fourth quarter, and the way Steve Clifford said it after the game when he looked at the tape and he looked at some of the initial tape at least, they weren't particularly bad defensively. And, and I would say maybe they could have been a little bit more into the, into the in them, but they're contesting shots for the most part. If anything, the biggest issue was the Magic's offense started to get a little stagnant. We'll get into that here in just a moment. So when Bradley Beal cut the Magic's lead down to one, with about a minute to play, there was finally some nerves in this game. Some nervy moments, because the Magic throughout the second half had... Seeing their lead trimmed to 7, they'd extend it to 12. Trimmed down to 6, they'd extend it back to 12, 13, 14, 15 points. 
Orlando was always able to do just enough on both ends of the floor to keep Washington at bay. And now finally, with time starting to run out, the Wizards were making their last push. Up by three with 40 seconds to go. The Magic just had to make sure Bradley Beal did not get that three-pointer off and that they covered the three-point line. And so they were able to chase Beal off the line. He drove through the lane and tried to kick back out for three. And that's where Markel Fultz was waiting. Markel Fultz tipped the pass as it was coming to Isaiah Thomas and started going down court. He got to the rim, finishing over Davis Bertans for a two-handed jam and the foul. Welcome to the Markel Fultz show, kids. There's a moment that really sparked NBA Twitter. It's, it's, it's been kind of a rare occasion that NBA Twitter is buzzing about the magic, but Markel Fultz has been such an intriguing national story. The redemption story of Markel Fultz, him getting his second chance, actually being on the court and contributing and starting and doing all those things. This was the culmination of essentially Markel Fultz's reintroduction to the league. He scored a career-high 19 points, 14 in the first half. Just playing solidly and within himself, you know, for the, for the most part. A guy who has made such a positive impact on this team already and is now really seeing the fruits of his labors from the offseason, not to mention during this season. And in the, in the biggest moment for the Orlando Magic, he made the biggest play. I don't want to take anything away from anyone else. His Magic had a lot of good performances. We're going to talk about Fultz here a little bit later on in the show. So I don't want to I want to save some of that for, for now, for later. But a lot of guys did a lot of things well on that drive. Nikola Vucevic did a good job protecting the rim, forcing Beal to pass it out. You know, Fournier did a good job closing out and getting around the screen to 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 put Beal in a in a kind of panicky drive situation. And obviously Fultz was in the right spot too. It was a Good scramble is probably, honestly, the best defense, one of the better defensive possessions Magic had all game. And of course, it, it resulted in the results it did. So the Magic did just what they had to to win this game. As much as Washington was scoring, they, they couldn't stop Orlando from scoring. Orlando scores 37 points in the fourth quarter. And so the Magic not only showed patience defensively and, 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 and situativeness, and, and, you know, drive defensively in that last possession, they really showed a lot of patience throughout much of the game offensively. You don't score 125 points without doing that. And a lot of that came from Fultz, who was great at driving to the lane and, and kind of creating space for himself. And a lot of that had to do with Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier working the pick and roll. The Wizards wanted to switch everything, and Orlando did a good job keeping the ball moving to get the ball to Nikola Vucevic where the little guy was kind of pinned on his back and he could quickly move into a shot before the double could come. Evan Fournier did a great job driving to the basket, getting to the foul line, but also hitting his outside shot when the ball swung to him. The Magic's best offense came when they looked for that second, third, fourth option within the offense rather than simple one-pass shots. When the Magic struggled offensively, the ball was stagnant it didn't move. The Wizards are not a good enough defensive team that... That if you pass if you pass the ball multiple times, if you get through through your sets, the Wizards will give up baskets. They gave up a ton of baskets in the game, this game, and Orlando really had control of this game from the very start. Washington never really led in this game, never really had control, and it was just 
kind of whether the Magic were going to keep their focus and intensity up to determine whether they'd win. And then whether Bradley Beal, who, you know, I hate to say this, uh, it kind of reminds me of Tracy McGrady on those early 2000 teams with the way he's playing and the way the Wizards are playing. Bradley Beal was going to try and carry them to a victory and, and nearly did, despite some, some solid defense overall from the Magic throughout the game. Orlando did exactly what it had to do here. It worked the ball inside, kicked it back out, made shots, got stops. It wasn't clean, it wasn't perfect, and, and, and I think that's been the general message throughout this homestand, but Orlando finished 4-1 and one on this homestand. They did exactly what they had to do, exactly what we said they had to do at the beginning of the homestand. They showed urgency, and they got better, honestly, as the thing went on. I mean, Indiana, the loss to Indiana was a really big setback defensively, and they tightened up in the fourth quarters defensively against Philadelphia and against San Antonio. And so Orlando's back to 6-7. and seven. They're back, you know, not where we thought they would be. I think I said that the Magic probably had to be 8-5 and five or 7-6 and six coming out of this, of this first 13-game stretch. So maybe a little bit behind still of, of, of the schedule that, that, that we might put on them. But they're back on solid ground before, before the, this road trip coming up, this four-game road trip coming up. And they have a lot of players who stepped up to thank for it. And that includes, of course, Markel Fultz. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast in this game. Orlando defeats the Washington Wizards 125-121 to 121 at the Amway Center. The Magic are led in scoring by Nikola Vucevic with 30 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists, 11 for 14 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc. Um, I thought this was... Nikola Vucevic has had some all-star caliber games already this season. It's been inconsistent. I really think this was Nikola Vucevic's best game of uh, of his season. Uh, obviously, the scoring total would suggest that. But I think the bigger thing with Nikola Vucevic here is throughout this homestand. And so so I'll, I'll take these last five games. Vucevic is doing a better job getting deep post position. Uh, I want you, the next time you're watching the Magic, watch where Vucevic catches the ball when he's doing post-ups, when he's getting post-up opportunities, and how he catches the ball. I'm a big fan of screen this, uh, you know, of, of cross screens to get big men post-ups. I don't like standstill entry passes. Um, but Vucevic has done a really good job, and the Magic have done a really good job, of allowing Vucevic to dive down the lane, turn and seal, and rotate the ball to the, to the wing to get a better angle. So Vucevic ends up catching the ball with two feet in the paint before the defense can really react and push him off his spot. And that in a, and that deep post position, Vucevic is pretty near unstoppable when he gets deep post position. I mean, it, whether he makes or misses the shots on him, it's not on the defense at that point. This game, again, lots of deep post position on his post-ups. The Wizards tended to switch a lot of their, a lot of their screens, and so he ended up guard, being guarded by a lot of smalls, and he took it. He feasted on them all night long. I love that for the most part, Vucevic dove down the lane. He rolled down the lane on pick and rolls, and that enabled him to get easy shots in deep post position again. He was able to hit his outside shots, so just a great offensive game. 
But the big thing as well in this homestand has been Vucevic's defense. It's not just the rebound numbers. Seven offensive rebounds, 17 rebounds total. So he was really working the glass on both ends. But Vucevic's defense was really good again in this game. It was really good against San Antonio. And it was really good here. He's got, ever since that Indiana game, really, he's done a much better job setting a more aggressive line and being a deterrent to the paint. I, I, I know I said this a lot last year. Vucevic is not a rim protector. He is a paint protector. And I think that's where he really uses his length to kind of keep guards out of the paint, to contain guards. Um, and, and he struggled with that throughout his, his career, and especially speedy guards who get downhill. He still needs, you know, Evan Fournier, whoever, to, to kind of sidetrack the guard so he's not coming straight line drive at him. If, if guard's coming straight line drive at him, Vucevic is toast. And I think the Magic know that. I think everyone knows that. And so when he's able to, to kind of slow, when a guard's able, kind of probing and slowing down, Vucevic is really good at keeping him out of lane. I thought he did a really good job of that in this game. And Washington, who had 70-something points in the paint against the Timberwolves in a win, had 34 in this game. So I think Orlando did a really good job protecting the lane in this one. I think Vucevic deserves a lot of credit. Evan Fournier deserves a lot of credit, too. 25 points, 7 for 13 shooting, 5 for 8 from beyond the arc, 9 assists for Evan Fournier. Fournier had it all working today. Um, I know earlier in the season, fans were critical of him of being a little too... um, laser focused on on the rim and on scoring and I would agree with that I think Fournier had a little bit of tunnel vision when he was driving sometimes and he's not a natural driver all the time and all the time but I think he's really started to find his rhythm within this offense he's found his shooting rhythm he's had that really throughout the whole season he's had maybe one or two particularly bad games but really this season he's been the Magic's best offensive player I don't I don't really think it's particularly close um, he's a he's a great shooter. He's got great chemistry in the pick and roll with Nikola Vucevic. I know that bugs some fans, but um, they worked the pick and roll masterfully in this game. They really just tore the Wizards apart defensively. And again, Wizards aren't a great defensive team. I know I said I think I said that on yesterday's podcast that you know if the Magic are patient, they don't turn the ball over. Only they had 14 turnovers, which is probably a little high. They let Washington dictate the pace a little bit too much, uh, and the Magic got a little sloppy. But when the Magic were focused and 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 you know locked in on their game plan and on their execution. They tore the Wizards apart, and, and Evan Fournier deserves a lot of credit for that. He made a lot of really nice passes, just simple plays, made his shots, and, and of course, that's that's how you get a good game from Evan Fournier. Terrence Ross off the bench with 15 points, just 1-for-7 shooting from beyond the arc, 4-for-11 overall, 6-for-6 six six from the foul line with two three-point free throws. Um, you know, again, Terrence Ross solid off the bench. DJ Augustine deserves a medal of some kind. 13 points, 5-for-9 shooting, 3-for-5 from beyond the arc, 3 assists against 2 turnovers. Played the second half with a dislocated pinky um, on his left hand. He got it, obviously, placed back in. MRI was negative. So he went back out there, and, and that dude's a warrior. Um, you know, I think we we should give DJ Augustine all the props that, that he deserves for, for gutting this one out. He didn't have to do that this early in the season. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't have to miss time. I mean, if he does, I think Josh Majette will, will be fine in that backup role. Um, it, it will be more difficult because Michael Carter-Williams... Uh, injured his hip in this game as well. So Orlando was down to one point guard at, at one point in this game. Um, but uh, DJ Augustine was an absolute warrior, really did a good job running the team's offense throughout that uh, throughout that second half especially. He's just been a stronger second half player than first half player because that, that second unit uh, that, that Clifford puts out at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, really, really struggles. Um, but Augustine overall, I thought, was was very good throughout the game. Aaron Gordon, 13 points, 5 for 16, shooting 9 rebounds. Really struggled to shoot this game. Didn't have a big defensive assignment, so you know wasn't watching him particularly closely. He's, his rebounding is starting to pop back up, which I think is a really good sign of his defensive activity and of his attention to detail on the defensive end. Um, shooting-wise, 
you know, he's just struggling to get his shots. And he got going a little bit in the second half. Um, but again, just a little too much isolation, too much kind of dribbling around. Uh, yeah, I'm a big believer of Aaron Gordon needs to be either taking spot-up shots or working off cuts. Um, the more he dribbles, I think the more tr- in trouble he gets. Uh, and so, you know, he hit one three-pointer where it was, a, you know, off of a couple of dribble, off of a couple of dribble moves. But um, overall, you know, Gordon's still kind of finding his way offensively, I think, overall. The guy you really want me to talk about, I'm going to talk about him a little in a little bit more detail. Jonathan Isaac, once again, does not play in this game. So Al Farouk Amin starts six points, two for eight, shooting six rebounds to assist, just does chief things. Um, you know, shooting and scoring, definitely not quite where it wants to be. You know, 13 points, 13 rebounds in Friday's game, six and six in this game. Um, but defensively, he was really, really good. I thought he was really solid on the glass as well um, for what the Magic needed from him. The guy you really want me to talk about is the guy we're going to talk about here in just a moment because he deserves his own section. He deserves his own talk. Markel Fultz is the hero and the star of this game, and there's really not a whole lot more that we have to say about that. So, the Magic win, they don't cover. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNBA and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit. Listening on the go? If you can't visit my bookie right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To say the least, I think I said this already. To say the least, Markel Fultz is the most nationally interesting player the Magic have on the roster. He's obviously got a lot of pull and a lot of attention from being the number one overall pick, from being part of the Philadelphia 76ers, and his, frankly, messy breakup with Philadelphia. He's obviously someone that a lot of people still believe in, and they understand he has a lot of talent, and he's this weird injury that nobody seemed to get over. And, you know, frankly, in our kind of, you know, you know, sometimes toxic masculinity environment, people wanted him to just tough it out and, and play through an injury or they thought the injury was made up. And that's just completely wrong. Fultz is still dealing with an injury. And frankly, the Magic are being very, very patient, a lot more patient than even Magic fans are being because the Magic fans are so excited for this kid. This was Markel Fultz's moment then. This was his moment to reintroduce himself to the world, to, say, to tell the entire league and, and, and the national media picked it up quite quickly, to tell the entire league, I am here and I am back. I saw several people on, on social media after watching Markel Fultz make that steal and that dunk and say, that's the Washington Markel Fultz. That's, that's what he looked like. That's the kind of potential he has. And it would be unfair, I think, to just limit what Fultz did in this game to that one play. It was a humongous play in a big spot, a highlight real play that deserves 
not only your attention, not only the attention, but deserves kind of the, the, the hype around it. It was a really nice play, a really good play. But it was also the plays to that point that got Fultz where he was, that got Fultz a career-high 19 points, 8 for 10 shooting. It was Isaiah Thomas going under a screen, which is what the scouting report says, and Fultz dealing a 3 on his first shot. And then Isaiah Thomas daring him to do it again and nailing another one. His first two three-pointers inside the Amway Center in the regular season. That only opened things up more for Fultz, where he continues to display incredible creativity and aggression attacking off the dribble. Something that this Magic team doesn't have and frankly needs a whole lot. He was able to, on one possession, to get a switch on to Davis Bertans and drive baseline on him. You know, kind of catching him off guard as he finished at the rim before Bertans could could really recover and a really difficult finish. There's another move in the second half where Fultz got the ball at the top of the key, spun toward the middle, and finished before the defense could react. Fultz is lightning quick with the ball in his hands. And the kid, a point guard, a 6'3", 6'4", point guard, is shooting 71% inside five feet, where he takes 44% of his shots. Fultz knows what he's good at and knows what, knows what his limitations are right now. He's, a, I think he's a better shooter than perhaps his numbers even suggest, and I think the confidence is still growing on that front. But Fultz knows if he can get to the rim, he, can, he should get to the rim, and he's going to finish at the rim at a fairly high rate. A really high rate, in fact. I think he's, if he's not the top guard, he's among the top guards finishing at the rim in the league right now so far this year. It's still just about harnessing Fultz's drives, getting the most out of them, getting more out of them, and attacking the basket. This is all to say, Fultz is gaining and growing in confidence. The Magic put him in the starting lineup because whether he was ready for it or not, he makes the team that much better with the pressure that he puts on the on opponents with his pace because he wants to push the ball and get up the floor. And in fact, the other highlight, would, if not for that final play, the highlight of the night for Marco Fultz and probably for the Magic would have been a block that Nikola Vucevic had that started a fast break and Evan Fournier feeding Fultz and him going to the rim one-handed at the end of the first half. Just a dynamite play on all ends. That had the Amway Center buzzing. That had Fultz showing off that athleticism that, again, made him such a valuable pick in 2017. Fultz still has a lot of that in him. Saturday after practice, Steve Clifford said that he thought Friday was Markel Fultz's best game, that he really liked, especially in the third quarter, how Fultz Fultz played with a lot of force and energy going to the basket, how he started pushing the pace, and that helped Orlando get back into that game. This is the element that Fultz brings to this team. He pushes the pace a lot more than any of the other point guards, even Michael Carter-Williams. And he can finish at the rim. He can go end-to-end and not really care what defense what the defense is throwing at him. 
This is what everyone thought they were getting when Fultz was drafted number one overall. And this is what the Magic are getting now. Is Fultz what he ultimately will be? No. I think I've said this before. I'm treating this year like Fultz's rookie year. You get games like, you're going to get a few games like Sunday nights. But as we've kind of seen from Fultz, it's not every night. Not every night that shot's going to fall. Not every night he's going to play with this supreme confidence. I think he got things going early and it just snowballed from there. Fultz's assist numbers have been kind of low. It's a really gifted passer. And if there's one complaint that you could have about Fultz in Sunday's game, it's that he turned the ball over four times. So there's plenty more to work on. There's plenty more for him to grow and experience as the game begins to slow down again for him as it, be, as it begins. And it, it is, trust me. As, as he again begins to kind of take, you know, understand what he has to do within this offense and what he has to do for this team and, and really just go out there and play. This year, Fultz is seemingly just thankful to be playing. And so it's, it, to me, it's really next summer that the skill development comes back and that he really begins to grow and expand his game. And obviously that's a free agent year for Marco Fultz. This is all again to say that Fultz isn't what he will be. But Sunday reminded everyone what Fultz can be, what Fultz once was, and what Fultz is beginning to reclaim. Except for a small, small, minuscule pocket of the internet. Everyone is so extremely happy for Marco Fultz. For, for, for most of NBA Twitter, it was just heartwarming to see everyone cheering for this kid. And everyone proclaiming loudly that he is back. Even if it is just for a moment. Even if it is just a glimpse. Magic fans, we've watched Markel Fultz all season long to this point can attest that this kid is something special. Even if, even if he never becomes number one overall pick Marco Fultz, at least every night, he's made a positive contribution to this team already. And now the rest of the league understands. The rest of the league knows that Marco Fultz is here and ready to play. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 